This is a Hoff Studios podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Erica Polsonelli, and welcome to Evolve by Erica, the podcast, where we talk all things spirituality, ascension, health, wellness, and beyond. I'm so excited that you are here. Come on in. Hello guys and welcome to another episode. I am very excited to have a dear friend and astrologer I really love on the podcast today, Alice Bell. If you've been here for a while, you are definitely familiar with her. I recently posted me getting ready, listening to her weekly podcast, which is new. So she has a new podcast where she tells you the energy of the week based off of the moon and where we'll be transiting each day. Um, But Alice and I, we met back when we did an event together in 2020. We did an astrology event coupled with the meditation. We have to bring that back, but it was amazing. And I just instantly connected with her. And she, and I mentioned this in the episode, she just makes me feel so comfortable. Like if I ever, there was like no gatekeeping with Alice. And at the same time, she has unbelievable boundaries as a business owner and professional. Um, But like if there's something going on astrologically, I'll message her and she wants to talk about it. She wants to share. She wants to go there. And you can just tell this is her true passion in life. She loves it. So she's an astrologer for Vogue and she does horoscopes for Vogue. She has her own business. She sometimes does one-on-one readings, which is incredible. Last year, she gave me a reading after the podcast, and I was able to write a list of dates that she told me to look out for. And I'm telling you, she is so accurate. It's actually wild. Um, And I just love going through with her, like, what's happening in my life and how it relates to the stars and the planets and In this episode, we specifically dive in to eclipse season because it's a really big time of the year and I wanted to hear from the source. I wanted to hear from Alice what we can expect for the Libra Aries eclipse season and she goes there, she shares and then of course I had to ask her about what on earth was going on with me this summer because by now you know about my summer saga. This is the last time I'm mentioning it because that is in the past but We had to go there and it was really what we'll come to find out. It really was the Venus retrograde more so than anything else. And it's just so incredible to see how literal astrology can be and how the themes of what astrologers will project can be happening and how they show up in life. It's pretty wild. So I hope in this episode you learn a little bit about the upcoming eclipses and you walk away with so much other wisdom of astrology based off what Alice shared. She's an incredible resource. Definitely give her a follow and a listen on our podcast and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello guys and welcome back for another episode. Today we have on one of our favorite guests, <laughs> third time on the podcast, yes, Alice and hopefully of many, many, many more. I love connecting with you. I know, me too. I'm so excited to be back and talk about the astrology of this month. I can't wait. I knew as we went into eclipse season, we needed to have you on. Mm -hmm. And it's a really big eclipse season because it's in Libra and I'm a Libra. So I was really excited to chat about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just feel like from the moment we connected, I just, you create such a safe space. Like if I DM you and like something's going on, like you're always there and you're so passionate about what you mm-hmm. do and what you share. Mm-hmm. And 
I feel that and I honor that and I, I'm grateful for it because oh. you've taught me so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. I feel like I just want everyone to know astrology. So I want them to know what's going on, which is why I'm like always responding to DMs and like teaching I love them. that. Yeah. I love that about you. And I also love your new podcast. I've Thank been listening you. to it every week. Yeah. Do you want to share about it a little bit? Yeah. So I launched my new podcast um, about a week ago, but it's called Astrology with Alice. Um, every Monday is a weekly forecast episode, really bite-sized, digestible, like 15, 20 minutes long. And then every other Thursday is like a fun astrology topic and soon mm-hmm. guests will come on. I love that so yeah. much. I love just having an idea of the week, but I will say if there's a day where it's supposed to be like not the best energy I get nervous and I'm like okay it doesn't have to predict exactly how I feel but it just means that if something pops up Mm -hmm. I know why that's kind of how I deal with it yeah I definitely get nervous too I'm like (laughs) what could it be and sometimes it is very literal yeah Um, like I had a day last week where it was like relationship issues and like that literally came up with someone Um, but yeah, oftentimes like with scarier transits or like transits that are made out to be scary on social media or or online, they're usually not as bad as people are saying they will be. I'm noticing that so much. And I feel like people really like to fear monger because it gets the attention of other people. It gets the views. And I love how you share because it is very matter of fact. It's mm-hmm. based on the stars and it just seems like this science that you are such an expert in. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. So I love it. And I love starting my week with it. It comes mm-hmm. out on Mondays. Yes. Right? Mondays. Yeah. And then every other Thursday. Amazing. Yeah. I love it so much. So you guys have to check that out. It gives you a little forecast for the week. And any energy or podcast I consume like if I love astrology, that doesn't mean I'm going to listen to any astrology podcast. Like I need mm-hmm. to feel aligned yes. with the host and the energy and the frequency. And you're never fear mongering and you're always just sharing like this can come up, yeah. but this can also come up and it just feels really digestible and it feels good in my body. Oh my God. I love hearing that. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Yeah. It's important like having an astrologer who you like resonate with, I guess. Absolutely. And yeah. I'm grateful to have found that in you. Yeah. Oh, it's because we're both Leo Risings. <laughs> yes, we are. And we're both projectors. We were yeah. just talking about before we hopped on here yeah. how we can work for three to four hours and then it's like, okay, we need time. Yeah, exactly. I recently, do you follow Jenna Zoe? No, Jenna but Zoe? I know of her. Yeah. Human design expert. Yes. Yeah. So on her page, My Human Design, she posted this post. I think I may have reposted it, but I was hesitant because I'm like, mm-hmm. this could sound the wrong way to non-projectors, yeah. but it's like, I'm not here to work the hardest. I'm here to do things the most efficiently yeah. and like be able to enjoy, have more time to enjoy and mm-hmm. have more time to flow. And I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. I, I know. Love this. I love hearing stuff like that. I, I think know. it's taken me a while working for myself to get into the projector mindset. Oh like, my God, yes. Coming from the nine to five, it's like you feel like you're slacking if you're not at your desk all hours of the day. Um, but yeah, I've just had to learn like I can only do four hours of work a day. I couldn't agree more. It was definitely, I used to teach and then I would tutor and I would constantly be Mm -hmm. busy and now it took me probably over a year and a half to be like I'm allowed to be a projector yeah I'm allowed to lean in I'm allowed to take breaks Mm -hmm. and when we have that downtime that's when so much can come through to us yeah the most creative ideas come like on vacation or even on like a walk yeah yeah I something I really observe in you and Mm -hmm. respect and what you've taught me 
is how you honor being a projector and your mm-hmm. boundaries. I just feel like you have very clear boundaries with work mm-hmm. and even like your offerings for readings and like what you can do and what you know you can't do. You're very clear with your boundaries and like I need to be more like Alice in ways <laughs> and I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean it's taken some time. With readings, they're so energetically draining. So yeah. I know like I cannot do readings every single day of the week. Yeah. So just getting clear on that. Like I can only do five a week max. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so good to know that. Yeah. And then you're able to give what you can in the moments that you can give it. Exactly. You know? Yeah. yeah. So let's get into it. Yes. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. Tell us what we can expect for the upcoming eclipse, when it mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. all the things. Tell us everything. Okay. So there's two eclipses upcoming and that's usually how it is. There's always a pair of them that are spaced six months apart. It's the last set of eclipses we got in April and May. And now here we are six months later with the next set. Um, so there's the first one will be a solar eclipse in Libra that's taking place on October 14th. And then two weeks later, there will be a lunar eclipse in Taurus, which is October 28th. Um, what's interesting is both of these signs, Libra and Taurus, are ruled by Venus. So Venus themes of partnership, compromise, equality, like balance might be just more prominent over the next month. Um, that's general eclipse themes. And then you're also, it's it's very important to look at like where the eclipse is falling in your specific birth chart. So like Erica, you have your son in Libra, but Libra is also ruling your third house. Mm-hmm. So it's a eclipse affecting third house themes for you, like communication based projects, um, having more ideas you want to share, also more travel. And the thing to note with eclipses is that they they tend to mark like big turning points in the year and it's often a time where you're having bigger endings but also bigger beginnings start that are unfolding over the next six months until the next pair of eclipses comes up in the spring so even if you're not having huge activities or big opportunities come to you on the exact day of the eclipse it's setting you off on this new chapter that will unfold over the coming weeks and months until when until the next pair of eclipses, which is end of March, early April of 2024. Um, they're actually shifting to Aries and Libra. Oh, so, right. Yeah. Aries. Yes, yes, yes. They, they're right. coming out of Taurus and yes. Scorpio, though. Um, so next spring, they'll be during Aries season. Got it. Yeah. So the major themes are partnerships. Yeah, partnerships. Also, um, Venus is a lot about creativity, personal aesthetic, um, balance like equality fairness there's a lot of like protests and strikes going on and like popular or not or in the news right now um so seeing how those types of themes show up in world events too interesting yeah okay and we could project that we might see that type of energy yeah especially for this um it will intensify around the eclipse like there usually tends to be like um basically an intensification of that type of energy right at those dates Mm -hmm. but seeing how those themes continue to play out in the world at large and in your personal life over the next several months interesting have there been times in your life that you had such a literal experience with an eclipse oh my god yeah like some example okay so i quit my job to be an astrologer on the day of a solar eclipse in my sixth house of work so it was like Literally, solar eclipse in the sixth house always brings about like a new chapter at your job or wanting to do something different and have work that has like a deeper meaning to you. That's a big sixth house house eclipse theme. So the fact that I quit my job in fashion to be an astrologer, which had so much more meaning to me on the day of the eclipse was crazy. And you didn't 
do you follow that? Like, if are you like, okay, this is an eclipse mm-hmm. and I need to make a big change here? Or it just like all of a sudden builds and you're like, this is it. And it happens on that day organically. At that time, I wasn't tracking the eclipses. Yeah. I wasn't like as advanced Got with it. astrology to Got like it. realize what was going on. Um, yeah. And in the past two things like that have happened, just like following my intuition. But now I'd say I'm a lot more aware um, and I'm not surprised when things like that happen. I don't necessarily plan for it to happen on an eclipse though. Okay. Yeah. What are some things you do plan? Like, are there some things you do or don't do around eclipse season or eclipses? Um, I mean, a lot of astrologers say like, don't manifest. I don't really have like rules surrounding that. I would just say eclipses tend to be, they tend to like suck the energy out of you. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes, like especially the solar eclipse, wanting to spend more time alone, just maybe getting more clear on your goal and yeah. not taking action just yet. Um, I don't know. I'm not a big planner or like ritual type person. I just kind of see what happens and what I'm feeling in that moment. Got it. Yeah. Just tapping into your intuition. Yeah. So I guess I could understand why they're, they some would say um, not to manifest because how I see eclipses is like this time where it's like a wild card. Like you don't know what's going to happen, but really yeah, big change can come. Exactly. And it could completely shift the timeline or trajectory of your life. Yeah. Like sometimes events can come out and especially with the lunar eclipse. Like I find solar eclipse tends to be a bit quieter, whereas the lunar eclipse, which will be October 28th, is more activity because it has the full moon energy of like seeing results happen, being super busy, um, making important realizations. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. That's exciting to look forward to. Yeah. So you project that the solar eclipse will be a little bit more quieter and then the full moon, there will be more energy and more shifts there. Yeah. More like outward activity and change happening. Like I find with the lunar eclipse, it's more about release and realizations, especially because the lunar eclipse will be in Taurus and Uranus, which is the planet associated with change and sudden advancements Mm -hmm. is connected with that moon and that sign uranus stands for change instead of yes okay interesting yeah so if someone wanted to know where they would be most likely impacted through the eclipse what can they do so you need to pull up your birth chart um and every house in your chart is ruled by a sign so Libra will, will rule one house of your chart. Taurus will, will rule another. Sorry, I cannot say those words. Um, but the Libra ruled house, like for you, the third house, also because I'm a Leo rising third house, that's where we're seeing a new chapter begin and things beginning to unfold over the next several months. Whereas the Taurus ruled house, which is our 10th house of career, that's where we're seeing things wrap up or come full circle because the Taurus eclipse those those cycles of eclipses have been going on since November of 2021. And this is the final one. I think this is the fourth Taurus eclipse we will have had over the last two years. So, so it's more like closing out that chapter or seeing how far you've come since fall of 2021. Wow. Yeah. So exciting. Yeah. And it makes so much sense in my personal life. Like I'm putting mm-hmm. together those time periods and things that have happened during those times time periods and seeing like okay this definitely makes sense and there's a clear chapter Mm -hmm. that's either closing or part two or whatever it may be yeah like if you're like a fire sign rising like we are like leo aries sagittarius like that 
Taurus, those Taurus eclipses have very much been about work and career. So for us, it's like reflecting back, like how has our career changed in the last two years and like grown and like we've gained more recognition or started work on bigger projects there. And then from here, since we're mm-hmm. moving into Aries, yeah. what does that symbolize for career? So that will shift out of the career houses. It won't be as much pressure to make bigger changes in career. Got it. It's like we've done those steps. Uh-huh. And now in a Leo rising chart specifically, it will shift to the the eclipses will shift to the ninth and third houses of our chart, which is a lot about learning, travel, um, spirituality, teaching. Yeah. And also like writing and publishing, basically like sharing knowledge and obtaining knowledge. It's so a big exciting. Theme. Yeah. Speaking of learning and teaching and writing, you have a book. Yes. <laughs> Can you share about it? I you yep. may have in the last episode. Mm-hmm. I also want to reference the last episode because we went deeper into the houses yeah. and the planets and what they symbolize. Mm-hmm. I wanted it, like I personally wanted all that information and a resource to go to so that when I look at my birth chart and the houses, I have an idea of what's going on. Yeah. And I yeah. remember you did, you have a podcast on that back when you had a podcast with yes. Maxine. Yeah. And it's so informative. And then the last one we did together is really informative too. So if you feel like you need to learn a little bit more, go back, re-listen to that. But also your book is probably an incredible mm-hmm, mm-hmm. resource for so many people who want to learn. Yeah, like the whole first section of the book is for people that have no idea how to read their birth chart, like going over signs, houses, um, planets. And then I get into more specifically looking at your chart in the realm of relationships. So like how can you identify your dating and relationship patterns and improve upon them based on specific planetary placements and signs in your birth chart? So that's the second part of the book? Yeah, that's the second part. Then I get into comparing your chart to someone else's and like the nuances there, how it's not just, is this sign compatible with this sign? So understanding relationship dynamics through your chart and your partners. And you can also do that with like friends or family too. It doesn't have to be romantic. I love that so much. Yeah. And that pulls in the title of Trust Your Timing. No, the third part or the fourth part ties in that title. So that's about using transits to track when you might get into a relationship, when you might go through a breakup or a divorce or relationship stress and understanding how there's certain times for relationship tension or relationship positivity and growth. This sounds so detailed. So yeah. with a common person like me, like mm-hmm. I feel like I'm the common person in astrology who's interested, has learned a little bit mm-hmm. here and there, but wants to learn more. Mm-hmm. I would understand all this. Of this would be good, yeah. It's oh my gosh. Like, I'm like, I need this book yeah. right now. I'm ordering it. I can't believe I actually haven't ordered it yet. I'm I would say it's like beginner to intermediate. And if you, like, you know a fair amount about astrology, but the chapters and the sections build upon each other. I so, love that. Yeah. So by the end, you have that knowledge to be able to, like, start predicting or timing. Amazing. Thanks. Yeah. That's so exciting. Yeah. So speaking of transits, my community knows that I had like the roughest summer <laughs> ever and I was telling you about it. Yeah. So do you mind looking at my chart and just sharing mm-hmm. like what was going on this summer mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that had me feeling like I'm completely reborn, rebirth into a brand new person, specifically in relationships mm-hmm. and an ego death. Oh this is actually crazy. I had a crisis this summer. Well, so... <laughs> The big transit that went on this summer from end of July through early September was Venus retrograde in Leo. And that was really important for you because you're a Leo rising. Yep, I felt that. But even more important for you than other Leo risings, your ascendant, the degree of your Leo rising is 28 Leo. 
And that's the same degree Venus stationed retrograde on. <gasps> I have chills. I have full yeah. body chills. And now so much as we're having this podcast, Venus has obviously the retrograde's over and it's come back. It is, it's advanced forward again to that same 28 degree of Leo. So it's like whatever problems were plaguing you at the end of July, it's now taken up until early October to be like, okay, I know, like, I know myself more. I know what personal goals I want to set. That Venus retrograde in the first house really has you figuring out, like, more of, like, what you want to share about yourself, how you want to come across to the world. And it's it's a lot about identity and experiencing changes there. And that's when I think of the ego. It's all about identity. Yeah. Like, how I was feeling. Went through a week of where I was like, I don't even like myself. And I told you like that. It was like deep and dark. And oh I've God. never had those thoughts before. Yeah. And I never felt self-conscious. I was just, yeah. it was weird. It's like identity crisis. Yes. Yeah. That's the best way to describe any When a retrograde happens in the first house, it just like has you reflecting a lot on like, who am I? Yeah. Basically. Wow. So do you think it was more of the Venus retrograde than the square to my son of Pluto? I would say yes. For like narrowing down specific time frames, it was very much more the Venus retrograde for the summer vibe mm-hmm. because Pluto at 27 degrees of Capricorn, it's been squaring your 26 degree Libra sun like for a couple years now. So that's more of a subtle transit. Got it. And I would say like because you were experiencing this specifically in the summer, that's more to do with like a shorter transit, okay. like Venus retrograde. Okay. Yeah. And it's it's honestly like the themes really aligned with Venus retrograde because I shared with you, I shared with the community how a lot of it was about relationships and how mm-hmm. I showed up and friendships yeah. specifically. Um, so I definitely felt those themes were there. Also like Venus rules your sun because your sun's in Libra. Venus is the ruler of Libra. So it's like that planet is just important to watch in general because it's like the ruler of like your sun, your identity. So it's it's major like double transits going on there. It sounds right. Yeah. Sounds right. <laughs> Am I going through any more transits this year? Yeah. No. I mean like oh, the no. Libra, the Libra <laughs> yeah. solar eclipse on October yeah. 14th, that's coming pretty close to your sun in Libra. I believe it's at like 21 degrees of Libra and your 26 degree sun. Um, so Honestly, all of these Libra eclipses are important to watch for you. Like this fall, next spring, and then the final one next fall around this time. Mm -hmm. It will just maybe have you transforming, like, again, going back to those themes of, like, sense of self, identity, maybe even, like, uncovering, like, confidence you didn't know you had or, like, passions and interests you haven't visited in a while. Kind of all these, like, new interests tied into the learning and education transits I talked about for us might be informing like a greater sense of self that you may want to apply to maybe like new work ventures in the following year um if that makes sense it does yeah it really does yeah that's wild yeah eclipses in the sun sign like any libra or aries suns or moons or risings listening like you're gonna go through more major external life changes over the next year and a half and this could look like something like having a big career change um it could look like Having a baby for the first time, moving to a different city, getting married, like having those big life milestones take place. Oh, it's so exciting. (laughs) Change is scary, but it's exciting. And it's incredible that you can, it's written in the stars. You could look at my chart and be like, okay, it makes sense. And Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the things I love so much about astrology is that Mm -hmm. when we are going through something and you know, I'm waking up for my morning practice, I'm eating it the same way, I'm doing Mm -hmm. all the things that make me feel good. 
why don't I feel well? And it's like, okay, there's other things that are impacting how we feel. And the planets do impact how we feel. Yeah. I was also going to say like these eclipses in Libra and Aries, the last time they were in that sign was nine years ago, 2013 to 2015. So if you think back to like maybe major events in your life that were going on at that time, astrology is a lot about patterns and like understanding what happened in the past and how that might inform what's going to come up for you this time around. So interesting. So Mm -hmm. when was the last time? Sorry. It would have started fall of 2013 and gone through 2015. Interesting. Yeah. It's so wild because I listen to everything that you put Mm -hmm. out. And when you tell us to reflect back, just like entering your late 20s, Saturn return, mm-hmm. early mm-hmm. 30s, you feel like a different human. Oh my God, yeah. So you're like, you want me to think back to 2013? <laughs> like <laughs> what? I, I'm not even who I am and it's wild. Yeah, yeah. But then looking at those themes and seeing the big transitions that go on in your mm-hmm. life, it mm-hmm. does make sense. Yeah, like foreign travel, for instance, is a big theme coming up with these Libra Aries eclipses for me. And the last time, nine years ago, I went, I transferred to school abroad in Switzerland. So it was like, again, those huge themes of travel coming up and also writing. So even though your life is completely different, it's similar underlying themes that are reoccurring. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe in a more aligned way now or in a deeper way. Yeah, yeah. Do you have plans of going abroad? Yeah, I'm getting married in Italy in June. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's so, so exciting. Literally like planning something abroad. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so exciting. We're in Italy. Um, Tuscany. So yeah. beautiful. Yeah, I'm oh really excited. Oh my gosh. And is that around a moon, a new moon? I yes. plan that to take place right after a new moon in Gemini. Um, Why? Because my partner is a Sagittarius rising, so Gemini is his seventh house. So it's a new moon regarding partnership, relationship for him. And in a Leo rising chart, Gemini, new moon and Gemini is the 11th house. So again, a relationship community, like having fun with like people, you know, it's just good to have planning like stuff involving social activity or relationships around new moons or transits that take place in those social parts of the chart. I love that so much. Do you mm-hmm. also plan things according to the moon and what that yeah. is? Okay. Yeah. Like I will try to, if I have to like launch a project for work, I'll try to get the moon well aspected. So I would never like launch something like with the moon next to Saturn, for instance, or like <laughs> Mars. Um, or I try to get it like between a new moon and a full moon. I would not try to get something out into the world in that lead up to the new moon, just because the energy and like the traction's not there to support it. So you'd rather be closer to a full moon. Yeah, especially like the week out from a new moon, leading up to the week to the full moon. What about, you said like you wouldn't do anything with Saturn and Mars and I laughed, but can you talk more about that? Yeah, so Saturn, when planets are configured to that, it tends to just like put a delay on things or have you encountering more challenges and obstacles along the way. And Mars um, brings in this element of like frustration, irritation, um, things like, I don't, violence is like a Mars theme, but that wouldn't really play into a work project, Mm -hmm. but just like kind of not pleasant. Energy. Yeah, not pleasant with either of those. Got it. I did a post and then I saw you have a post as well on the planets that rule each day of the yeah, week and yeah. you went really in depth on it. Yeah. When I first heard about this, I was amazed. I first heard about it 
about Saturday mm-hmm. being like Saturn day mm-hmm. because there are many Saturdays I wake up and I feel more focused to work yeah. than a Friday. I don't love Saturday just because no. it has a heavy Saturn energy. I love Friday because it's Venus Day. To work though, you like Friday? No, no, not, not to work. work just right? like vibes in general. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Vibes yeah. are good on Fridays. Yeah. But Saturday, sometimes Saturday morning, I'll, I'll feel more focused or I'll get this little burst of like clearing my schedule mm-hmm. or structuring things for the next week. Yeah, yeah. And once I start to learn about the planets and how they rule each day. I'm like, I should play into this more. And I actually mm-hmm. organize my calendar, my work schedule yeah. on the days I take meetings. I have Mondays as a day mm-hmm. I take meetings and it feels so good. Oh, Mondays God, are like that. my favorite day ever. Yeah. Literally. After Monday, I'm like, it could be the weekend now. Yeah. Monday's over. Yeah, I'm yeah, obsessed yeah. with Mondays. I could do like a week's work work in Monday. And then Tuesdays, I connect like one-on-one. Okay, that's really good. Wednesdays is kind of like a catch-up day. Okay. Thursdays, sometimes I'll connect Mm one-on-one, but I'll like focus on content and creation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And how does that work with then the moon? So I would keep track of both of those. Um, And especially like when it is the day of the ruling planet of the week, you're also looking at like where is that planet in transit? So today is Jupiter's day. Thursday when we're recording this um Jupiter is in Taurus not much is like going on with it right now it's retrograde so that's a little harder to watch on a day-to-day basis so I would just mainly pay attention to like maybe what the moon is doing this day um whereas like I would really watch the moon if it's Monday which is the day ruled by the moon because the moon's transits it's making throughout that day might be particularly important And that's really the basis of what you're Mm -hmm. sharing on your podcast. Yeah. Right? Like each day you're going through where the moon is and the transit of the moon and how that will impact the energy. Yes, because the moon changes signs every two and a half days. It's always making aspects to different planets, activating different houses in your chart. So that's how, that's the planet you're looking to to see how you're going to feel on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And when I hear it, it just, it aligns. It makes so much sense. Mm Mm-hmm how it impacts us and how it impacts our focus and our work and how things are flowing and how things aren't flowing. It just, it's just so supportive. Yeah. Yeah. So going back to the eclipses, is there anything else that you want to share as we wrap it up just to prepare everyone or suggestions of something that they can do? I know you're not like a huge Mm -hmm. ritual person, but if there's any like last bit of suggestions. Like one thing I do more consistently is journal because I'm a big like writing person. Um, So maybe just figuring out where do you want to be headed over the next weeks and months, even if you're not acting on that quite yet. So Mm -hmm. taking time alone for that type of reflection. Um, Also with eclipses, maybe just be prepared to feel a bit lower energy, especially in the lead up to the solar eclipse and not feeling frustrated about that so much. And maybe because these eclipses are more geared towards relationships specifically that might be an area where you're reflecting a bit more on like how can i communicate more effectively with people um what's the role i play in these relationship dynamics um what else would i say just maybe like prepare for like changes to happen like maybe if you felt in a rut in the last few weeks or several months like that could finally be shifting as we head into the next chapter yeah yeah wow I'm excited. I'm really excited. I'm excited. I like eclipses just because it's like new energy and it's like, okay, I'm sick of what I've been doing for the last few months. It's time for the next six months to go on. 
I feel that like every mm-hmm. year around this time, I feel like it's a rebirth and I used mm-hmm. to be a teacher. So that was the start of my year, mm-hmm. but I really feel that with work too. Like summer just feels a little bit more low energy mm-hmm. and then fall comes and the eclipse season comes and it's like we're catapulting yeah, into like yeah. our purpose again mm-hmm. and into that path. Well, eclipse season, that more so has to do with the fact that your birthday is in the fall. Okay. (laughs) Birthday is like your personal new year in astrology. Like you get a new chart called a solar return for that. And it kind of shifts like where your priorities are for the next 12 months because eclipse season changes from year to year. Like right now it's in Libra season. Yeah. Next year it'll start to shift into Virgo season in the following year. Then it'll shift into Leo season than to cancer so it keeps going slowly like backwards through the signs yeah wow yeah i always feel great with the virgo energy so i'm interested in how a virgo eclipse will feel it'll be a lot about that will again shift more towards changes with work and money specifically okay. for your chart yeah, yeah. that yeah. makes sense yeah. <laughs> so when can everybody look out for your post? Because mm-hmm, I personally, mm-hmm. and I there's thousands of other people that can't wait for your post yeah. on the horoscopes. Like you go through each sign and yeah. you share. So just so everyone knows, if you haven't heard this yet, Alice taught me that you, when you're reading a horoscope, you should be reading your rising sign. Can you speak a little to yes. that? Yes. Um, so when you're looking at your rising sign, that's showing like if I were to pull up your birth chart like I'm doing for you right now, it shows how the transits are aligned through all of the houses around your chart. So what areas of life are being activated? So it's like if you went to an astrologer and you're like, tell me what's going on. That's what's happening when you're reading for your rising. Okay. Yeah. It's so wild because my whole life I was reading Libra. Yeah. And now I read Leo. And, and Le- like, does it resonate more now that you switched? No, but no. when... No, no, Leo oh, 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 resonates okay, okay, more. Okay, yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. My Leo horoscopes, I'm like all in on so it absolutely resonates more the only time I feel like I was guided to read both was during Mm -hmm. the Venus retrograde Mm because it was in Libra and I'm like I gotta find out like I've and both of them Mm -hmm. made sense to me during that transit yeah but no it's always Leo rising and it's actually wild like when you post that yeah she posts a carousel going through every rising sign when you (laughs) post that I'm like this is so literally what's happening in my life right now like it's actually insane yeah like I can't even believe it yeah so I'll do one of those I'll do I usually post them the day of so on October 14th I'll post something about the solar eclipse and then October 28th I'll do it about the lunar eclipse I also do monthly horoscopes on Substack for my paid subscribers. So people who are subscribed there get like 200 to 300 words on like what the eclipse is for them. Amazing. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. You give so much and you have so many resources that really (laughs) help us to go deep. Yeah. Yeah. You really do. I feel like all I do is like write horoscopes. <laughs> you do. And you write for Vogue um, too. Yeah, I write for Vogue and then Substack and then podcast and Instagram. It's amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for everything you do and everything you share. I'm thank so grateful you. to have you as a friend <laughs> and an astrologer and to learn from you. Yeah, thank you so thank much. Thank you. Thank you for being here. And everyone, please check out, tell everyone your handle, your just mm-hmm, your book mm-hmm. title, Substack, okay. so they can find all the things. Okay, so on Instagram, I'm at Stock Alice, and my website is alicebellastrology.com. You can find links to buy my book, Trust Your Timing, on there. And both my Substack and my podcast are called Astrology with Alice. Amazing. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Happy eclipse season, everyone. <laughs> Thank you. Yay.
I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. And I hope you're as motivated to go deep and learn astrology a little bit more. I'm like ready for her book. I want to learn all the things, how to interpret my own birth chart because it's truly fascinating. So we have eclipse season. We will be doing meditations through the eclipses to support one another, our community, and to be in the highest frequency during these highly energetic times of great change, shifts, timeline hops, etc. So I'm really excited. Look out for the live meditations that are upcoming. If you're a member of Evolve, they will come through in your email and in your weekly email. And of course, I post them to the app as well. And usually on Instagram, unless I forget. But typically, it's those three places. So look out for the meditations that will help you through this eclipse season. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Check Alice out. And I wish you a beautiful season of great change. Satnam. Satnam.